Another Ian Collins wants a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi L200. The L200 has the tightest turning circle in its class. Just the thing for getting out of tricky situations. Ian Collins wants a word. Kev, we only, what, 12... 12 weeks now away from Christmas. Blimey, does that mean we can bring back the Talisa gags? I've got a bag full, which ironically is what... Yeah. On the show, this... If you hit the wrong one, we'd jump up and go... and make this sort of hissing sound. Nick Ferrari's pants worth of this... Ever been at home and felt the sudden urge to give someone a high five? Uh, His class goes best. He's back. Mr Del Strain is in and he's on. And we'd be left looking like bigger than Ed Miliband. Beautiful. If we didn't proffer large amounts of this. And we cram all of that into a nice, neat sort of, uh, like, package thing. Package section. (laughs) I I don't know, Kev. Is there something in the radio lexicon that says what it is? I can tell you what it is. What's a unit of radio time is, I guess. What's, What's a unit of broadcasting time. A unit of broadcasting time, it's yeah. like a Blackburn or something, isn't it? Yeah, we cram all of this into about 45 Blackburns. Yeah. All right. With, with 45 Blackburns and half a Beats. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Have you got some questions, Kev? It's number 73. <laughs> this episode, it's number 73. Sandy Great. Togsvig, Andrea Arnold, Neil Buchanan, in a house, in a street, sandwich quizzes... You were there. Yeah, I worked backstage at a theatre when Andrea Arnold was in the pantomime. You used to be married to her. No, I, st- I stayed at her house once. when I, I worked backstage in a theatre. Uh, it was snowing. She was in the uh, pantomime from number 73. Yeah. And so, yeah, I stayed there. Great. And then she won an Oscar a couple of years later. Fascinating. It's questions and feedback via social media and email and message in a bottle. Have you ever found a message in a bottle? Uh, I've sent one as a kid. Really? From Folkestone. Me and a mate sent one and then some spotty French kid. Uh, right. We were gutted, actually. We thought it was going to turn up in Australia yeah. or something. We thought he replied a bit soon. Mm-hmm. The next day. Because <laughs> uh, he was in Boulogne. Right. We were in Dover. Did the kids still do that? I mean, I if, you, if you wrote a message... And put your email address on the yeah. end, and chucked it in the sea. Then people say, "Hey, I found your bottle." Well, that's what you're. Yeah, it's a bit like the balloon, isn't it? But you know, if you find this balloon, you never find the balloon. You only find, if you find the balloon, you're well. You should. You're up in the sky. I'm always puzzled as to where they go, though, because I never. If you go to a fun fair or something, you see balloons drifting off, but you never see them falling randomly back down on people. Why is that? Why? We need to know. From Shanta. Of no fixed abode. Last week, you had a pop at Capaldi. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who will be your victim this week, Collins? Attenborough, Peter Salis, Leslie Phillips. Leave the old ones alone, you utter fool. I'm Capaldi's not... not as old as Leslie Phillips, No, though. I know. I'm just saying that, you know, in the you've just had Matt Smith as the Doctor, and then suddenly, you know, they talk about full... So, oh, hello, we hand. Where's my sonic screwdriver? I need it for my commode. <laughs> Has anybody seen Molly Weir? <laughs> you my flash. It's like something wrong with Mr. you. Mr. Grace from Are You Being Served? <sighs> He's going to be excellent. Are we saying on that anywhere? 
He's going to be great. In a couple of weeks on this podcast, we're going to have a wonderful Doctor Who update. Because it's <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Oh, interviews. Yeah. On, this you name it, on this podcast. You think so? Interviews? Oh, yeah. With who? Well, we need to talk to people about the 50th anniversary. It's yeah, coming up. The BBC brilliant. announced their schedule last week. They're all like, hey, we're doing all of this great stuff. You have to come and watch it. Brilliant. History. History. I can't wait. From Mikey D. What's the deal with the grey bit in Ed Miliband's hair? Does he think he's Sam Beckett from time-travelling TV classic Quantum Leap? I'm not sure a car-powered rocket could send him back to the past to prevent him being such a twat. <laughs> I thought he was Dickie Davis when I saw him, who, of course, also sported the same... It's like a reverse Jay Leno, isn't it? Yes. What, what's the deal there? Because he could get rid of that easily. He's trying to make, like appear... It's, it's obviously styled into his hair. Well, uh, hasn't David, his brother, uh, got a similar badger-based detail going on in the old high barnet? It's possible. That said... David Cameron now wears glasses. Does he? Yeah. I didn't see this. Yeah. It's no. when he starts brill creaming his hair back, you should really be worried. You're not wrong. From <laughs> Andy McNabb's Big Face. I was listening to Nick Grimshaw on Radio 1, and after about 20 minutes of paying attention to all of his links, the music he plays, the studio banter, and his wit, I came to the conclusion that he's a bit of a... Quack, quack. <laughs> what say you two? Ah. Right, he? He's a very interesting broadcaster. Very, yes. Very interesting. A yeah, good, uh, good evolution on, on radio. I particularly enjoy his quiz, where he has uh, a subject and, and three answers, two of which are oh, yeah. nonsense. That's good. Show, isn't it? Showbot, shoebot, shoe or something. Show, I shoe bot, yeah. bot the yeah. shoes. Box it in, Bo- chewy. That's, that's it. it. That's the one. I, I haven't really heard that much of him. His predecessor, I heard bits of. He was okay. What happened to him? He sort of he he went touring being King Herod and then he just sort of he doesn't seem to be doing much not a lot good answer thanks for coming yeah, I'm not, what do you want me to say yes he's appearing in Crossroads the musical oh is there a Crossroads the musical that would be kind of amazing you could be Benny <laughs> yes you could be Miss Diane you could f*** <laughs> off from Jenga Julie I presume it plays Jenga are you a fan of Jenga do you enjoy a bit of Wood-based towerage. It seems... uh, Here's something interesting. I moved house a couple of weeks ago, and I left my Jenga in a cupboard. Did you? Yes, it was on a top shelf uh, of quite a high cupboard, and I thought, I've got to get some steps now to get to that cupboard. Yeah. I thought, what do I do? Do I... No, I'll leave the Jenga in the cupboard. So the the new people have have got Jenga uh, detail already free of charge, in addition to the house... They've got the the, the wood-based Jenga. Oh, well, that's And nice. it's all right. It's kind of... What I do find interesting about it, a little bit like Buckaroo, you still sh** yourself at the right moment. <laughs> yeah. No matter how many times you play it. I used to have this game. I might mention this before. Do you remember Curse of the Cobras? Yes. It was like a sort of Egyptian-style gold coffin. Yeah, that's it. And it had these two plastic green snakes. And you had to put these, like, pins in the coffin. And... If you hit the wrong one, then the mummy popped out of the tomb and the snakes, the, the thing would like literally latch round your wrist. It would jump up and go and make this sort of hissing sound. It was f***ing terrifying. Much like Operation, when that first pitched yes. up on, on our shores. I mean, trying to remove, remove those spare is Minan once farted so comedically uh, <laughs> upon the buzzer going off that we thought we were going to have to take her for a bloody operation. <laughs> <laughs> It was extraordinary. <laughs> uh, what was the... Um, wasn't there a thing called a basket of bread or something in the yeah, operation? Yeah, the what, bread basket, yeah. What was the bread basket? It's down in your, your lower 
thingy in the... Who ever went to the doctors and said, I'm afraid you've got an achy bread basket? Yeah, but people don't have birds in their feet, do they? I mean, it's like, it's a game. It's made up. <laughs> anyway, Jenga Julie has an entry for Where's Witchell and Co. <laughs> Andre! Give me some Where's Witchell and Co music, you leather-wearing stud! Julie writes, The year was 1983, and Jan Leeming danced with my dad at a local charity event she was guest of honour at. He spent a lot of time in the shower that night for some reason. I think he was probably having a week. I, I interviewed Leeming. Did you? But, well, obviously not at the time. This was it. Um, Did you shower afterwards? <laughs> I, I interviewed Leeming and I think Kate Aidy, a, a similar sort of, you know, within a few months of each other. There was some, I think they both released books. And Jan Leeming was, she was kind of a little bit strange, to be honest. Really? A, kind of in a nice way. Um, she wasn't really doing very much. I don't actually know what she does to this day. Well, if people spot Jan Leeming, we could change the name of this feature. We've seen plenty of Witchell. Yeah. Only one Leeming spot that I can remember. If Jan Leeming jumped off a cliff, would all the other newsreaders jump off after? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea. Uh, Nick via What's the Word says, Has Care been moonlighting? The voice of Squark, the voiceover parrot on the new CBB show Swashbuckle, sounds a bit familiar. Are you familiar with the programme? I know, I'm not. You were a bit of a CBB's fan. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It just sounds wrong. You've had to watch CBB's. Well, I have children. Because so yeah, of your yeah. kidlings. Yes. So... I've seen it on occasion. You've got very young ones. So you're about to get the new lot of programmes. Well, I mean, uh, I'm, we're all about sort of like a Nino and Neurons and, and things like that. I mean, this 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 squirk thing, is, is this is news to me. I must investigate it to see if I'm on it. Swashbuckle. From rail. Why does the handrail, ooh, handy, on escalators move faster than the damn steps? Do <laughs> Sometimes they do, but you don't have to keep your... I mean, if you kept your arm in one position, you do have to... Well, you do have to go along with it. Give it a fighting chance, man. You don't yes. keep your hand in the same place. Otherwise, you just pull your arm out of its socket. You would. So, yes, it does go a little faster, doesn't it? Yeah, but then it's, it, escalators in general are, are kind of wonderful things. I, I think they, they need to be celebrated a lot more. Well, they do. And the one thing people should never do on one, particularly the, uh, the going up one, is walk up. Some poor bloke spent about 30 years designing <laughs> this thing, so you didn't have to do precisely that. Very true. So if you come across one, just do him in the memory of Mr. Escalator. Push it back down again. Just don't walk up it. Just yeah. stay where you are. Enjoy this particular experience from a stationary position, if you don't mind. Yeah. Thank you. That's wise. Wise words. Uh, that's it from us. Good night. Good night. But Del Strain is going to be with us in just a little bit as well. Del's got a very funny list with it. Which we look forward to. Ah. Uh, you see, you're probably wondering, there's no scream. There's no scream at that bit. Just that noise. Uh. Which means it's back for the first time uh, after the summer. We gave this one a long old rest, this one, actually, Kev, didn't we? Random acts of irrational satisfaction. The little things in life that make you go... Uh. Even though you can't necessarily qualify. Why? It gives you that sense of utter satisfaction. Kev, have you got one? I have... Two. I'll tell you what's very satisfying, Ian Collins. Yes. Having cold food and drink again after not having a fridge freezer for 48 hours because it exploded. Did it? 
well, it didn't so much explode. I, I think I've talked it up too much. It didn't so much explode as just grind to a halt. But hang on. So it stopped working, which you describe as an explosion. Well, I had to make it sound more dramatic for the purposes of the podcast. I mean, for example, I'm suggesting it sounded like this, whereas the reality is it actually sounded more like this. But, you know, in the interest of showbizzing everything up, I think it's important that I say exploded. But isn't that like saying, uh, my car broke down when I tried to jump across the Grand Canyon, when in fact you just got a puncher outside Sainsbury's? Well, no, because we're talking about a fridge freezer and not evil Knievel. So, what's up with your freezer? Well, it just stopped. And the thing, I don't know if you've tried to live without a fridge freezer for 48 hours. No, I actually asked that as if I was really interested, I know, but, right, have you tried to live without a fridge freezer for 48 hours? Quite tough. It's very tough. Did you buy a new one? Yeah. Did you go Yankee-bound? No, I think it came from Dulwich. Smeg? Same to you. Uh, So so that was nice. And my other act of satisfaction, and this is my favourite one this week, charity muggers or chuggers the people on the street who say hi how are you and try and shake your hand we talk about them it's kind of a bone of contention on this podcast they have their clipboards and say can you sign up for this and help the starving children or you know help help uh these people or help they don't work for the people do they no but they get they get commission off everything and it's like you know you know that whole thing that they do if you say no i'm not interested okay have a lovely day oh it's a nightmare here's my random act of Totally rational satisfaction this week. I saw a chugger who, upon being rebuffed and doing the sarcastic have a lovely day thing, then spun round and went straight into a lamppost. Fantastic. Excellent. Get in there for the it lamppost. Excellent. Good work. Uh, here's a couple, Kev. Yeah? Aside okay. from a well fried piece of bacon inside a toasted bagel with a smidge of mayonnaise. Oh. It's very, very nice. So are you, I mean, are you generally, do you like your bacon quite sort of crispy and well done? Yes, I do. Because if, if you go to any greasy spoon or a cafe, they generally don't get anywhere near what no, I would say. No, it's kind of soft. Standard. Yeah. You know, they, they, you get that pinky bacon. Yeah. You don't want pinky. No, you don't. You, want, you don't want it burned, but you want something that's a little crispy. So yeah. it looks nice. Yeah. So that's always an act of satisfaction. The fact that it's now dark at 8 o'clock at night is also... An act of satisfaction. Does right. that mean you can put your costume on and act as a caped Avenger? Yeah, it's got a bit of that, and it also means the Christmas trees will be up. But I still struggle to beat this one, Kev, and that is the instant download for film and TV. Yes. Why would you ever need to buy a DVD <clears throat> again? <clears throat> it's still hard to get your head around that rather beautiful notion that if you want to watch almost anything that's ever been made, all you do is hit a button on your remote control. Yeah. Stunning. Uh, this comes from Beth in Luton. It says, My random act of irrational satisfaction came while watching the guy from the council cut the grass outside our house during the summer and knowing full well that if I played me cards right, I would have him in the sack by the end of the day. <laughs> this turned out to be easier than I thought, but did involve some maiden-in-distress type scenarios about helping me carry my bin bags <laughs> and fixing my gate. Did this kind of stuff really happen? I saw him twice after this with great results. I am living proof that Lady Chatterley wasn't a common old tramp, but a girl with a brain who knew what she wanted and got it. Or a fairly loose and easy-to-lay type from Luton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where did he park his lawnmower? That's what I'd like well, to know. Well, that's a good question. 
Flymo. She doesn't go into that level of detail. <laughs> right. Uh, Jamie says, Gentlemen, I have listened and contributed to your podcast from episode one. I even had the Jamie and the Magic Torch theme played. Jamie, Jamie. But that satisfaction was eclipsed the other day, and I have to share it. My four-year-old son had his sports day, and one of the events was running and laying a table. First child runs up with a placemat. Second, the plate. My son had the apple to go on the plate. On the way... To the plate, I'd like to think the artistic side of my son came out about halfway down because he decided to take two huge bites out of the apple (laughs) before he put it on the plate and then just walked back. Yes, his team came forth, but that wasn't down to him. But if he put as much effort in his running as he did his eating, then the gap would have been shorter. But he made me feel so proud. That is brilliant. It's wonderful. That is wonderful piece of, like, he didn't give a hoot. He had an apple in his hand. He's thinking, what am I going to waste this by sticking it on a plate in the name of some crazy game? I'll have a bite of this sucker. But seemingly this school seems to want all of its children to be educating all of its children to grow up to want to be waiters in an Angus steakhouse, which I find a little bit strange. Bit predictable. They wouldn't be very busy, though, let's face it. This is random acts of irrational satisfaction. Dennis, the Doncaster menace, says, having a drink in my local pub loo and no one knowing a thing about it. (laughs) Thank you, Dennis, for that. Uh, And Yusuf says, uh, this is a great random act of satisfaction. I got a letter from the Inland Revenue two weeks ago. I wrongly read the letter as telling me I had a tax rebate of over 700 quid. My morning was a pretty chirpy affair until I realised that I'd misread the whole thing and I actually owed them 700 quid. I couldn't work this out, so I called the tax hotline after 30 minutes of waiting on their super, super premium rate line. I finally got through to one of Osborne's representatives on planet Earth. After much toing and froing and pressing of buttons, the government computer said no. I didn't owe them 700 quid. They actually owed me 1,300 quid. Oh, nice work. Life really is sweet sometimes. I like that. That's very nice. He went. For, he was pulled in all manner of places that morning. It's like an emotional roller coaster. Nikki says, paying with a tenner and getting changed from a 20. Happened twice this week. It's a lovely feeling. Yeah, it's also theft, yes. as I think we pointed out before yeah. on this feature. Uh, and Karen Carpenter in Manchester. <laughs> that what? Well, hang on. She says, managing to go a whole week, yes, seven full days, without a single person making a Carpenter's reference to my name. I've only put up with it for 20 years. It's been bliss. Your parents are evil. Yeah, it's only just begun as well. Why do... No, never mind. Stop. Wait. <laughs> Stand by, everybody, because Kev is back with something rather... Is it special? No, or is it's it very so special. little bit spec? Scale of 1 to 10, how special? You know what it is. We've also got Dell Strain as well, so if, you, if you're not satisfied with Kev's offering, then stand by for Dell, because he's got a list of comedic joy. But first, this. And we take a pause in order to talk about you. yes. That's you. You work hard, you know what you like, and you know a tasty vehicle when you see one. Just have a think about some of this, because you can now save up to £5,000 on the ultimate 4x4. I'm talking about the Mitsubishi Shogun, with prices starting from just 26199 and 0% finance across the range. You simply have to check out the website for some very special offers. Mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash Shogun. The Mitsubishi Shogun, always capable, surprisingly affordable. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. And here he is, uh, boys and girls, mums and dads. It's Sideshow Kev 
with his shoebox of cat flappery nonsense. As you're no doubt aware, Ian Collins, oh, yes. the world has a long and varied history of people trying to do things that they're not really qualified for, like pop stars. Now, your average pop star mm. is there purely to sing songs and entertain people with just pappy pop shit. What's the idea? Yeah. Nobody at any point has suggested to them that they can act, and yet <laughs> many of them just try and star in a movie or two. Hi, David Essex here. We're going to be talking about pop stars in the movies in the showbiz shoebox, pappy pop, cinematic... Pandemonium Pap Pop. Andre, give me some appropriate music for something about pop stars embarrassing themselves in really quite bad movies. Very simply, Ian Collins, I'll tell you a pop star. Mm -hmm. Three options. Just tell me the film they were in. Number one, British national treasure and all-round good egg, Sir Cliff Richard. What movie was he in? We know what he was in. Well, there's a there's a few. Okay. A. Take me high. B. Take my hand. Or C. Don't don't don't. Take me from behind. <laughs> he was in B. He was in A. Okay. Uh, which was a seventies film. I don't think he did particularly well because you know he did all of his his bus larks and yep. things like that. He tried to come back with a hey, let's all hold hands and you know. Did he do anything but the summer holiday film? Yeah, he must have done. He was, he was the British Elvis. Well, and, and the shadows were in it as well, on the bus, as was Wurzel Gummidge's girlfriend. Una Stubbs. Una Stubbs. Yeah. It might be Una Stubbs rather than Una Stubbs. Una, I'm thinking Uri Una. Geller. You know Uri, what I mean? Uri, 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 yeah. Uri. It's always a bit annoying. Yeah. Number two, burger-loving, sequin-devouring Elvis Presley. What movie was he in? Was it A, Blue Steel? B, blew Hawaii, or C, blew his intestines out his asshole. So what am I looking for, the one he was in or the one he wasn't in? You're looking for the one he was in. He was in B, Blue, blue Hawaii. Hawaii. Yes. It's the correct answer. It's a well-known film. Yeah, well-known film. I Terrible the, film. I think it's the only Elvis film I might have seen. He, he I made, can't think of another film. He made some shocking movies, but, you know, it doesn't stop them, as we'll see. Uh-huh. Number three. Ooh, that rhymed. Noted sanitation engineer's son... Lonnie Donegan. Think about What movie was he in? Was it A, The Great Railway Buffy Car Tragedy? B, Skifflin' Skin Flutes? Or C, Tits Ahoy? (laughs) He was in... A. The answer is D, Janet Jackson. Thank you. Number four. Eminem prototype and square-headed word minstrel Vanilla Ice. What movie was he in? Was it A, Glad-handing the Pink Horse? B, Cool as Ice, or C, The Rapping Quack Oops. He was in B. Terrible film as well, Cool as Ice. Just awful. Awful. He had the career he deserved. Yeah. Like six months or something, and then nothing. That's it. What's he doing now? He's still trying to be Vanilla Ice. Yeah. I think he has a surfboard shop or something. Finally, number five. Yes. British national treasure and all-round good egg, Madonna. <laughs> What was her movie? And she's done a few as well. Was it A, Flowers in My Lady Garden? B, Shanghai Surprise? Or C, Bromley Bob and the BJ Baboon? It it was uh, Shanghai Surprise. It was B. Which I think did all right, didn't it? Can you remember who else was in it? Uh, yeah. It was her husband. No, she's had a few. Sean Penn was in it. Sean Penn, yeah. 
And that's the Showbiz Shoebox for this week. Loved it. Uh, if you've got anything to say, or you're on Twitter, you can follow me at Sideshow underscore Kev, or Kev at once a word dot com. I have nothing to say. Now it's time for ice cream. Or maybe some nuts. A cool glass of orange. Why not try a hot dog? Or the real thing, a cool, refreshing Coca-Cola. From the sales staff and in the foyer, now. I can hardly believe it. Look who's back. It's only Glasgow's finest. Mr. Del Strain is here. How are you, Del? Yeah, phenomenal, Ian. Thank you. Hey, look, welcome back after the summer. You had the little pipe cleaners out there down Scotland, why I understand. (laughs) I was up Scotland last week. It was very cold up there, but not short wearing weather. Showing some ink off down the Highlands way. Yeah, up the Highlands with my kilt at full swing. (laughs) But good work and welcome back. Yeah, nice to be we back always, in London. Whatever we, th- we think, we want a list going, you know, that's the idea here. We get a, a good quirky list, and we thought, uh, we want a list of in- inventions that, how, how do we put this, Kev? Inventions that were shit. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Inve- the world's worst ever inventions throughout our time. Well, I was voted down on the people who should get guillotined when we have the revolution list. That wasn't allowed. <laughs> so we've gone with this one. So let's see what we got. Del, where are we yeah. starting? We've all heard the expression, as good as a chocolate teapot. But what about chocolate records in a phonograph? I feel like Fred Dinage on How. Wow. Is he still around, Fred? Uh, well, they brought How back, didn't they? Yeah, How? I, I, go away. <laughs> Fred's still around, allegedly. I think he talks about Portsmouth now and again. Really? Uh-huh. That's a gambit. Now, that was in 1903. Where else but in Raus, Germany? The Stolwerk Chocolate Company did it. If only their manufacturing had continued in that vein with the tanks and the planes, then the summer of 1941 over London, it would have been all over on a day. Chocks away. <laughs> so that was a serious invention, the chocolate. It was. It was a serious... Wow. It was a phonograph and records, and Hansel and Gretel never, ever, ever did get to listen to the full collection of Wagner. They that... ate a lot by the second album. Crazy <laughs> bastards. Del, give us another one. Yeah, this is just nuts, this one. It's actually called Harold's Pogo Copter, 1967 again, this time in... I need one! ...in America. Sounds like a vehicle from uh, a punk Justice League to me, to be perfectly honest. The sort of Generation X-Men. But alas, there's no rat scabies mobile in a secret cave. No, the spiel is actually, Pig out steak, not exciting enough for you. Then how about one connected to a propeller? (laughs) A pogo stick, a pogo stick connected to a propeller. Connected to a propeller, old boy. Yes, that whizzes around just over your head. (laughs) The right amount of danger, excitement and stupidity. That was the spiel. Just like a night out in Glasgow dressed as a Pope. (laughs) Can you imagine if that kind of stuff had worked? Because obviously... That mate, the, the the fellow that used to have the, the tanks on his back that used to fire himself into stadiums and uh, and the like. That, I mean, that, it got that far, didn't it? So is it like, you know, this whole thing of everyone says now that we're in, what year is it? 
2013. That's the one. Yep. That we should have jetpacks. Maybe this was actually the precursor to the jetpack. This was meant to happen. It didn't happen. So they were going to say, well, the next step, jetpack. But we're not going to bother with that now. But was the... Uh, was was the jetpack attached to the pogo stick? Was it attached to the person it's who grabbed hold pic- of the stick? Google it, people. The picture is actually like a pogo stick, fair in size, about six foot high, yeah. and above your head, from the people that brought you how to cut your hair with a guillotine, <laughs> you've got them rotors going round at whatever rate, you know? <laughs> I think the guy was on LSD watching James Bond and he just sort of yeah, had too much a, money. What a beautiful idea. Yeah, well, I was actually conceived on one at Woodstock. <laughs> I know somebody who, uh, she was staying at a kind of a hotel and she was meeting a guy who was taking her for a drink and he came to the hotel, said, I'll meet you in the reception. And she said, that's fine. And they went outside and he didn't have a car uh, or a bike, but he had one of those, what are they called, gyrocopters? <laughs> yeah. And she said, what do you want me to do with that? He went, get on it, love. So she said, okay. So she just got on it and went to the pub through the sky. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of my least successful dates, I have to say. It was all right, though, wasn't it, in the end? Worked out nicely. Dropped her off over slow. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we didn't see her parachute. again. It should be said as a post-note to that. Uh, Del. Oh, that's one cuckoo again from the good old United States of America. That is the High Five Simulator. <laughs> Where else, huh? In 1993, they invented this, and this is the spiel. Ever been at home? watching football, and felt the sudden urge to give someone easy tiger, to give someone a high five. Well, with this invention, you can. One of the most depressing devices ever to be used unless it's used to slap yourself in the face for being so gullible, (laughs) stupid, and reeking of desperation and ready meal sitting there in that one-bedroom flat with the divorce papers clogging up your couch. Go out and meet someone. It's just a hand. (laughs) It's actually, it's a simulated hand that comes out like that, so allegedly you could go... The British version, of course, we are mate, missing there, you're sitting watching football would be a hand that come up and gave it the coffee bean shake. That's very true. Because we like abusing each other. <laughs> but couldn't, couldn't you just, as you said, I'll just use your other hand? Yeah. Unless you were an amputee or a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. there'd be problems, lad. <laughs> Maybe the pirates bought all the false hats. Maybe. That's where my money's off. So a machine for the lonely that gives high fives out. Andre, I found your Christmas present, son. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Tell you what, I've never seen him smile so much. Victor Kayan liked it so much, he bought the company. Give us another one, Del. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is cuckoo, this one as well. Shoe-fitting fluoroscope. Okay. Do you know that in 1927, to get correct measurements for people's feet, obviously tape measures hadn't been invented, <laughs> yeah, they had the fluoroscope, which was basically... This was before they knew radiation was bad for you. Okay. Before Project Manhattan in 1939 and 1927. And they would actually, it's like a, it's like what you've got in front of you, it looks like a sort of little commode toilet made out of wood. And you put your foot on top of it and they would x-ray your foot. They'd get the picture and they'd work out what size you were. Uh, that's so hang on, to, yeah. to work out what size your foot was, you had to have an x-ray? X-ray, yeah. And they were doing this to people. There was actually, it was manufactured... Um, in 1927, there was over 10,000 of the devices in um, shops all over the country. 
But for me, knowing the amount of times a woman takes to actually pick what pairs of shoes she liked, a day shoe shopping could end up in her turning into the She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and it all going very wrong as she walks down the road barefoot with that song playing. Just basic health advice, everybody. And Del Strain, everybody, has one more on his big list of the world's worst inventions Ever. The Taylor Aerocar. Okay. What? The Taylor Aerocar. Okay. It was actually a roadable aircraft, which means it's a car with wings. It looks like a basically only fools and horses freewheeler, yep. except it, it would be what a freewheeler would look like with four seats and wings. Okay. Little compact vehicle. There was actually six manufactured, and it's a fly- <laughs> apparently it says it's actually the holy grail for flying cars for some inventors. But I would go to say, seeing as most scientists don't even believe there was one, I don't really think that's true. No. So basically, for whatever reasons, they stopped building them. It was built in Washington, considered to be the most successful flying car ever invented. There was nothing wrong with it. Six examples were built. But alas, it never entered production. Like hydrogen cars, I wonder why rock the cars bar. But can you imagine the sky rage? You get that mad, you forget, and you get out your car. And then you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like Wiley Coyote yeah. in a Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, there you'd be thinking you'd bought something that was going to top an Aston Martin or a Silver Shadow and to be... Mooching along the sky, believing you were Billy Big Bollocks, only to look out the window and see a <laughs> ton of pogo sticks. <laughs> hey! That would be... That would be... <laughs> an injustice in the sky. And, of course, you do know there would be traffic wardens up there with their jetpacks. Because <laughs> you can't have flying cars without flying traffic wardens. <laughs> uh, Del, uh, we thank you, sir. Thank you very much, As ever, man. if you Google Del Strain, uh, Del's all over the show, whether he's uh, in Scotland, uh, England, Wales, Ireland, could be anywhere. Really. That's up and down the country like leprosy. G- <laughs> Gigging like a beauty. He is Glasgow's best. Mr Del Strain Del on the Song Strain. Podcast, everybody. Credit Stream. And grab your bags and your coats and get out. We are, of course, back next week. Thanks to you for downloading this. If you like what we do and want to help support this podcast, very simple, get over to iTunes to rate, review and, importantly, subscribe. If you're an Android user, you can try us on the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thank you to all of our guests. Every one of them can be followed on Twitter. Importantly, so can we. At once a word. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod. He has a website, incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch. The programme was edited by Teresa Brandt. Our intern was Marianne Faithful. And today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Denny in Liverpool, who tells me that the current year, according to the Ethiopian calendar, is actually 2005, whereas in parts of China, it's actually 2006. Funny, in Bromley, it's 1978! Oh, and as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We are, of course, back in exactly one week, with a show so mesmerising it would make Dynamo sh** his pants. Until then, goodbye! A Big Things Media Production. Big Things! Another Ian Collins Once a Word fact, powered by the Mitsubishi L200. 
over the course of their lifetime, the average driver will swear roughly 32,000 times while driving. L200 drivers swear 31,999 times less than that. You're very, very welcome.